0: Welcome to Onside, the official podcast from the Australian Sports Anti-Doping Authority. Our mission is to protect the health of athletes and the integrity of Australian sport. Hello, I'm Tim Gavel, and welcome to Onside. Well, the sporting world is looking to have a big year this year with the Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games coming up in July, and of course, wherever there is elite sport being played. Anti-doping is essential to keep the integrity intact and to ensure that sport is played clean and fair. Well, Asada have just launched their new e-learning course, Clean Sport 101, a beginner's guide to the rules, risks and policies that elite athletes face. It's aimed towards younger athletes who have not yet been tested, but have signed up to their anti-doping policy and need to be aware of the risks and rules. The course can be found on Asada's e-learning website, and more information is available at asada.gov.au. Well, joining us today is Lexi Cooper, Asada's Director of Education and Innovation. Hello, Lex. Thanks. Hi Tim. And also with us Tammy Hanson, Usada Elite Education Manager. And welcome to Australia, Tammy.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: And Tammy, tell us about your role with USADA.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the education team is made up of True Sport and Elite Education. And so True Sport is the team that really works with our grassroots program and values-based education, um, teaching a wide variety of values, whether it be healthy eating or how to handle body image, um, mental health, the, those types of things. And then our team Really focuses in on that elite athlete pipeline. So anyone who is in the realm of being ready or will be ready to be tested, drug tested by USADA.
0: So true sport very much looks at the grassroots.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So so they're grassroots, and we have a continuum. So we look at each athlete or each population, and we determine uh, where they fit. Is it a hybrid between the two? Is it more true sport? Is it more elite ed- education? Uh, but both of us really focus in on coaches and athletes. True Sport also focuses really heavily on parents as well, and uh, we, of course, want to want to reach parents too. But True Sport does a great job of of reaching athletes, parents, and coaches.
0: And Lex, it sounds pretty similar to what Asada does.
1: Yeah, um, there's a lot of similarities
2: between us actually. Um, So we go from the elite level obviously and then into the sub-elite level. Uh, The risks in each level are quite different and they vary by sport and then we also have our schools program which is really about working with school teachers in high schools um, to support people who might be wanting to teach um, about the use of performance enhancing drugs or sport integrity more broadly.
0: Your title would suggest that it's more than education. You're looking at innovation as well and innovation in terms of education, you're combining the two.
2: Yeah, it's a really exciting job. I often say I have the best job in the world at the moment. Um, It's all about trying to find new ways to engage with athletes and coaches um, and try to get the message across. You know, anti-doping isn't often the most exciting thing that athletes want to talk about. You know, they'd often be rather be training. Um, So what we do is use new technologies um, like virtual reality, augmented reality, apps, those sorts of things to try to cut through and engage the audiences and, and get them interested.
1: I think one of the really cool things that we've experienced this week working with Asada's education team is uh, through the storytelling. I think it's really important for all of us uh, to elevate athlete voices and to share athlete stories. And what we're finding is that it doesn't matter if you're in Australia or the United States, uh, the stories are still so impactful and um, need to be shared and deserve to be shared with all of our athletes. Uh, One of the things that we've learned from ASADA this week is just innovation, um, their ability to, to think nothing is off the, the table. And uh, we just had a really awesome hour session where we just bounced ideas back and forth and, and there was nothing too, too off the wall for us to consider. So that's been really great. And I think moving forward one of the things we're just really excited about is to continue to collaborate on research uh, where we can compare different populations of athletes uh, as, as a whole.
0: Talking there about athletes, banned athletes, using athletes who have tested positive, either inadvertently or on purpose. Uh, that's something that Asada is certainly looking at, and I'd assume that Usada is looking at as well.
2: Yeah, it's been one of the great things to learn from Tammy from this week. Usada have a bit of experience in this, um, and Asada is relatively new to the um, to this side. So um, you know it, they have such powerful stories, whether it's an inadvertent um doping case where you know they had no intention of doing anything wrong but they might not have known the rules or they got caught out by a supplement there's so much that other athletes can learn from them and then you know that we can learn from them as well to help make sure that we prevent that in future and likewise even with people who you know deliberately go out to dope understanding the pressures and the sorts of things that influence them to make those decisions and then the impact that those decisions have on the rest of their life on their families on their careers Um, it's such an enormous thing. So we've learned so much and um, I'm really excited to take what we've learned from Tammy and put it into practice.
1: Yeah, we recently did some filming with Abby Raymond, who is a 14-year-old that tested positive due to a contaminated supplement and uh, filming with her and her father. Uh, And it's just heartbreaking. And so there are some of those stories out there that, again, athletes can learn from and in our collaboration um, we're really able to talk about that and talk about what is the messaging, what is most valuable for our athletes.
2: And I think it's, um, you know, one of those things that when we do have those conversations, it's really heartbreaking for both of us. Neither of us or, you know, n- neither organization wants to see those cases or to, to hear those heartbreaking stories. Um, so, you know, we, we both learn a lot
1: So I think that just motivates us, like Mm. it motivates us to make sure that we are providing every resource that we possibly can, that we're um, fighting for more regulation in the supplement industry and that we are just educating in the most meaningful way because uh, if we can ensure that that never happens again, Mm -hmm. like we'll, we'll feel better about what we're doing. Yeah, 100%.
0: Is inadvertent doping through supplements, that that seems to be the focus at the moment?
1: I mean, that's one of many focuses, right? We want to make sure that athletes are getting to compete on a fair and level playing field, whether that is in our own country or internationally. And so it's also focusing in on providing a platform for our athletes to be able to speak out, uh, providing opportunities for them to report doping as well. You know, we talk, we've spoke a lot this week about how some athletes just don't, Want to turn on their teammates or don't want to report doping because it's part of their values mm-hmm. to not turn someone in? Um, but we we have that conversation about you're on a you know a team and maybe there's only ten slots and you're number eleven. Do you really want to get cut because you're that eleventh person? Mm-hmm. Or um, from an integrity and a values values based place, report it and walk away. Right, continue to focus in on your training. Um Kara Goucher recently said in her podcast that if you don't report it, you're part of the problem. And so we've been having a lot of conversations this week about athletes, m- some athletes' belief that reporting is turning on a teammate um, versus reporting is doing the ethical and the right thing.
2: And one of the interesting rules for the upcoming Tokyo 2020 Olympics is actually that if one person... Um, commits an anti-doping rule violation in a team sport, the whole team will lose their medal or their placings. Um, so it's, you know, trying to help athletes appreciate that the impact. It, it impacts them, it impacts their sport, it impacts the whole country's reputation. Um, there's so much at stake and, you know, we want to help. We don't want cheats in sport. They don't want cheats in sport. We're on their side.
0: Ethical decision making. I noticed, uh, you know, you're talking there a moment ago about making the right decision. Is that one of the things that you talk about through your education programs?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, making the right decision for the right person at the right time can be such a personal choice. And I think what's most important for both of our programs is just to make sure we're educating people on on even this idea of it really is an ethical decision. We're not fighting the war on drugs, Right, we're 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 fighting a win at all cost mentality, and so anything that we can do to help them really start thinking about the decisions that they make—that using a dietary supplement is a thought, it's a decision. Um, You know, trusting a coach when they give you advice—that's a decision that you're making. Not reporting doping or reporting it—that's that's a a decision. And Mm. and so I think again, just continuing to bounce those ideas off of Lex and her team. This week has been been great because we can continue to think through the best approaches and messaging for athletes.
0: Not just about educating the athlete, is it, Lex? It's uh, very much the parent, yeah. the coach. Oh,
1: totally. It, it
0: is a community that you need to educate.
2: Yeah, I mean, athletes aren't operating in this little silo where mm-hmm. it's just them on their own. You know, they have the support nec- uh, networks around them. They have coaches. They have friends, and all of those people are influencing those decisions and they can be pressuring them to make, you know, certain decisions over others um, or not even, you know, exposing them to the other options. You know, a lot of athletes think that they have to take supplements, that there is no other option. Um, And what we really want to do and what we've been talking a lot about today is saying what those other options are and how we can help athletes become aware of that either through us or through the support networks that are around them.
1: Uh, USADA did a study a couple of years ago and found that coaches were the number one influence in an athlete's life. So, you know, beyond parents or teammates or friends, it's coaches as well. And And so I think equally as important is to make sure that we're getting to those support personnel as well um, and that the athletes are choosing Trusted people to be around and that they're educating them on their responsibilities too. So I think that's been a focus for both teams for a number of years as well. One, educating the support personnel, but two, making sure that athletes are reminding their support personnel of their responsibilities too. I think in the past it might
2: have been a lot more athlete focused. You know, Mm. under the the terms of strict liability, it's the athlete that's being held responsible. But, um, you know, and a lot of coaches don't realize the effect that you know, they can have on the athletes and the positive culture that they can set in their sport, in their teams. Um, So it's about trying to work with them more to help them understand that and help them shape those positive cultures.
0: What do you think you've learned over the past week? What what are you going to go back to America and say, listen, we need to do this because they're doing it in Australia?
1: Well, I've certainly learned that Australians love their coffee. (laughs) So (laughs) they've kept me well caffeinated. Um, But I think if there's one thing that we've really pushed each other on this week, it's it's questioning everything that we do, pushing forward, um, making changes if they're for the better and and making sure that we're leaning on our resources. You know, I... Um, I can't just call somebody up in the United States that's in an equal role as mine and say, "Hey, how are you educating your elite athletes on the dangers of supplements?" And so I think that's been really beneficial for us this week is to to be able to lean on other people to collaborate, not to work in silos, but to share resources. Mm-hmm.
2: And I mean, how lucky are we where the rules are the same all the way around the world? You know, that doesn't happen in any other field that I can think of. So the importance of collaboration and not just, you know, us doing our own thing and them doing their own thing, but really we're trying to sell the same message. Um, There's so much that we can learn from each other. So it's been wonderful.
0: And and you both use ex-athletes, current athletes. I know that in America for instance very much former athletes to get that message out so seem to be on the same page there that athletes listen to athletes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. For our uh, true sport team, they have ambassadors and those are current and retired athletes and for our athlete presenter program in the elite uh, realm we use retired athletes as well and it's um great to hear, you know, just their stories that they're able to tell or Um, it, it really is a badge of honor for some of them when they stand up in front and they say, I've been tested by USADA 32 times and here's my experience and I'm here to tell you about it. And I'm here to tell you how great it's been to be part of a clean sport movement and what it's meant for me. Or, you know, I've been robbed or cheated out of a medal and here's how devastating it was for me and I want this to be better for you the next generation. And so there are Stories that they can tell that are extremely relatable and and passionate and are able to um, embrace really great change for the community. And they can articulate the impact that the rules
2: have either on themselves or on their friends. You know, a lot of the ones that we um, work with at Asada, they're all fantastic, um, but they have their own experiences where a friend has received a sanction or, you know, someone else has been caught out or, you know, they almost lost a medal. Those sorts of stories are. So um, impactful and the audience are the other athletes that they're actually presenting to, you know, the, the feedback that we've had from them has been incredible. Like it makes um, everything that we're trying to teach so much more engaging and interesting for the audience.
1: And uh, this is their life. Mm-hmm. So the emotions are real. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't a story that I can tell yeah. and say, oh, this one athlete, this one time, it's mm-hmm. one time I had this situation and... Um, And when someone's sitting in front of you and they're telling you about a story where they were robbed of an opportunity, I think that's more impactful than anything. Mm.
0: So you're obviously keeping in touch uh, and you, you obviously want to learn from each other as I guess things develop, don't you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that this is not just a, a one-week collaboration. Uh, we've been collaborating for a number of years and being able to be in the same building for a week is truly an honor. Um, but I would also say that we're going to continue that collaboration um, ongoing and and I'm really excited about that.
0: Lex, uh, obviously, it's a, it's a great thing to do, isn't it? Uh, Working with people around the world in the same space.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, there's some really incredible minds out there in the anti-doping education space. Tammy's one of them. We've also had Sean here from New Zealand. Um, You know, there's so much that we can all learn from each other and we all have our own experiences. And, um, yeah, I think the more we talk, the more we can collaborate on resources and messaging and it's all ultimately for the athlete's benefit. You know, we're all on the same page of trying to protect athletes, protect sport, um, and we're all extremely passionate. So...
0: Good idea. Thanks very much for coming in, Tammy, and um, I guess we're probably going to hear a bit more from you over the years, uh, given this close collaboration with Asada. But thanks very much for joining us today.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Lex. Thanks, Tim.
0: So joining us today, Lex Cooper, Asada's Director Education and Innovation, and Tammy Hansen, Asada's Elite Education Manager. Back with more with Onside in just a moment. This is Onside, the official podcast of Asada. Well, time now for So I Was Wondering, where we answer questions from the public. The question this week is Are the testing protocols the same everywhere? And to answer the question, John Priestley, Asada's Assistant Director of Field Operations, Well, John, are the testing protocols the same everywhere?
3: Uh, The testing protocols are the same everywhere for sports that follow the World Anti-Doping Code and they have to um, implement the international standard for testing which means that the protocols everyone everywhere in the world uses is the same although there is sometimes differences between the equipment that each national federation or international federation uses or the um, amount of staff that are present during the testing session.
0: So where is it different? What countries would be different if you could give us an example?
3: Uh, Germany, for instance, a lot of the testing they do there, their DCOs are trained as DCOs, chaperones and also blood collectors, so there may be only one um, person who notifies the athlete collects the blood and also watches them pass the urine and seals it up, where in Australia we always use a DCO and a chaperone to do those functions and also a separate blood collector at different times.
0: Is it different too with a big event like the Olympic Games?
3: Uh, At the Olympic Games, uh, uh, most of the time they have um, DCOs from all different countries go there but they use um, volunteer chaperones so what will happen the chaperones will actually notify the athlete they've been selected for a test escort them to the DCO and the DCO then will witness the passing of the sample and the sealing of the sample.
0: The language used though is pretty much uniform across the board isn't it?
3: Yes the the notification process is all the same. They, Whoever does the notification still has to tell the athletes the same thing and advise them of their rights. And the um, witnessing of the sample, had, the sample has to be directly witnessed and also the person witnessing the um, sample has to be the same sex as the athlete. So that's common throughout the world.
0: Do you find that athletes ever question the, the protocols that are happening elsewhere?
3: Um, sometimes they do. Uh, especially if they've been to, I suppose, um, less developed countries than Australia is, because they sometimes um, probably haven't had the experience. Their staff haven't had the experience in collecting samples that our have. So for for our Australian staff, they have a very set and very well practiced process. Where the others, they probably don't collect as samples as many, mm. as often. So
0: uh, I think it's very good that Australia has this almost like a leading role, you know, because the athletes from Australia have certain expectations after dealing with the SATA.
3: Yes, so with our staff, we, we actually try to get them to follow this process strictly but also to be friendly and open with the athletes. So um, we try and provide as much information to the athletes as we're allowed to but still and making it as comfortable as possible, but still making sure that the, the protocols are followed as per the WADA guidelines.
0: Tell us about your role here, John. You've been here 11 years at Asada.
3: Yes, I've had several different roles, but currently on the, um, I look after all our field staff, so that's all our doping control officers and chaperones. So that involves um, overseeing their training plus the um, allocation of what missions they do and which athletes they test.
0: Given the number of operations, I'd imagine it's a quite a busy job.
3: Yes, it has been very busy from different times, um, especially if there's major events in Australia like the Commonwealth Games. That was a very busy period for us because we not only had to try and continue to do all our normal testing, but also additional testing for the Commonwealth Games. So, And even lead up to the Olympics this year, obviously, it's very busy still as well, just just um, Doing all the testing that's required to make sure that the athletes that we're sending to the Olympics are clean. It,
0: it's a very rewarding job, as you mentioned. Uh, you've come here from a high performance sport. Uh, you know, another very rewarding role there too, I would imagine. Yes, yes.
3: It. I've had some very interesting roles. Uh, my, my time with Swimming Australia was was very interesting. Um, overseeing their high performance program in conjunction with the head coach so just introducing um, as many programs as we could in support of the athletes and their home coaches in their training programs to get the best results that they could but this here has also been a very rewarding job in ASADA.
0: Good on you John. Thanks very much for joining us today on Onside. Okay thank you very much Tim. That is John Priestley, ASADA's Assistant Director, Field Operations. More with Onside in just a moment.
3: Time now for a fast fact. In 2018-19, ASADA conducted 128 intelligence-informed operational activities
0: on high-risk athletes in sport. That's Adam Bradley, ASADA Intelligence Officer. I'm Tim Gable, thanks for joining us. You've been listening to Onside, the official podcast of the Australian Sports Anti-Doping Authority. Send in your podcast questions or suggestions to executiveoffice at asada.gov.au. For more information about clean, fair sport, visit our website asada.gov.au or check out our Clean Sport app.